0: Was that you always used to say prime oh that's right transform and roll
1: out hello and welcome to over the podcast I'm your host Abdullah in God what day is it I don't even know anymore this, this uh this nightmare never ends but um but we got to keep pushing through anyway <laughs> it's uh it's another transformer episode because we don't talk enough about Transformers on this show, <laughs> so um, I can already tell I'm going to alienate like half the audience who are like, oh man, it's another Transformers episode. Like you already got like five people from Transformers. Like it's another one. Okay. But you know, whatever. I'm Everyone's bummed out. Just just let me have this. Just let me have this. <laughs> oh you know? But um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jason Marmoca. How are you?
0: I'm doing okay. How are you?
1: Yeah. You can tell like the past yeah. couple of episodes I've recorded have like had a depressing tone to them and I'm like
0: I mean, it's a depressing weird time, but <laughs> you know. That's one of the reasons we turn to things like like robots that turn into cars, you know?
1: Yeah. And and look, guys, you knew this was gonna happen. Like we already got Starscream on, like it was, it was bound to happen. Like we were gonna, we were gonna get to Jason eventually, but you know, of course, with COVID and <laughs> and and craziness, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't do it last year. But this year, uh uh-uh, uh we had to, had to get you on here because I, cause we had to. You know, it's like you, you get Starscream on, you gotta get, um, you gotta get Megatron on. Otherwise, it's like, what's the point?
0: <laughs> I mean, naturally.
1: and frank was great by the way frank was um
0: oh frank's a delight frank's the best i love that guy
1: (laughs) i love how he told the story where like when you guys would go to cons like they would ask you fan specific questions and he would like bring up the most obscure shit that he could think of like only a true transformers fan would would know so they can be like oh man (laughs) like just oh yeah just to psych people out (laughs)
0: Oh yeah. He you know, he is he's fantastic for that. He's honestly like my my conduit into uh a lot of Transformers stuff because I don't really know a whole lot about Transformers, but he does, so you know it uh he's 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 the guy to go to if I'm like, you know, hey, is this a good purchase like if I want to get this megatron thing and he's like, "Oh yeah, you want this version that has the the this on it and it's the the third generation wave of this thing, and you know the 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 ball socket joint in the left arm can be a little wonky, but you know things like that. Um, so he, he always knows what's up or he's like, you know, this character is from like the fourth issue of the third run of this comic. And that's why Megatron looks like this in the thing or whatever, you know, like he's, he's encyclopedic in his transformers knowledge.
1: No, I mean, he knows his stuff and, and, and I love the story he told where, like whenever someone would ask you guys a question at at the at the at the cons when you guys would do a panel, you would turn to him and go, well, "I don't know." Ask Frank.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't know. This guy knows, though. Like, because they'd be like, you know, what's your favorite? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, I don't know. Frank Frank knows. Like, and then if Frank would be able to sort of frame it a little differently or whatever, and then it's like, oh okay, here we go. Because just my experience with Transformers just isn't nearly as deep as Frank's is. <laughs>
1: No, but, but I mean, it's interesting because your take on Megatron was like completely different from what we've heard, but it works for the character because it's still like the G1 incarnation. Like this is not a different incarnation, but it's still, you know, it still fits the character.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I uh, uh, I wouldn't have necessarily thought that when I first went in. You know, I didn't, didn't realize uh, that... You know, there had been so many different uh, visual iterations of Megatron as well. Like, I, I assumed that you know he just sort of always looked like that. Like, I didn't realize that they had variations and such. So that's why I guess I auditioned the way that I did was because I, I didn't necessarily think that the voice, uh, you know, necessarily mattered as much. Like, I didn't know that they they wanted any kind of because it said you know like don't we not we're not looking for any specific sound exactly. We're not looking for. Uh, you know, Frank Welker or anything like that. So I was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, and the, the piece of art that we had to go off of was so like kind of warlord dynamic. Uh, that's why we kind of ended up thankfully going with the very, uh, you know, kind of rumbling engine thing like with the with the voice and stuff. So ended up being really fun because uh, I don't know if I could have maintained the sort of higher rasp that Frank Welker does for as long because my voice just sits so deep.
1: No, I mean, uh, it's interesting looking looking back at Welker's take. Like, you listen to, like, G1 and it's all raspy and, you know, like, very high-pitched, but, like, as he got older, like, he couldn't do it anymore, so he had to, like, take it down in mm-hmm. prime, so it's like...
0: Oh, I love his work on Prime. Not that I don't love his work any other time, but, like, yeah, upon finally being able to, you know, now that I know stuff about Transformers and looking into the shows and stuff, I love his work on Prime. Oh, he's fun. he's fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah, no, um, he was, like... Got it's really tough for me to pick like between Frank and David K because that's like you know I love Frank, but like I grew up with David K, and like that's mm-hmm. you know, so it's like. Oh, don't make me choose. They're so they're both really great. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> they're both so pretty.
1: <laughs> and then, like I notice like it's it's kind of hilarious because like um, um, you Fred Tadishor and um. And David Kaye have like really deep voices, but like Frank mm. is like, he's just Fred from Scooby-Doo.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And the fact that he's still voicing Fred from Scooby-Doo is crazy. He is so, like, worshipping at the altar of Frank Welker is only sensible, really. He's just, he's just a genius. Like, the fact that he's, he's still so ingrained in the pop culture and he's just doing all of the things and constantly working. Like, he's, he's just incredible.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it's been going on for, what, like, 70-plus years or so? Something like that, yeah.
0: He's been voicing this, this, this Fred character, and it's still, like, consistent sound. There's really very little variation vocally at all. That was alliterative. But there's, <laughs> there's just not a lot of uh, uh, change at all from, from that point to now. Like, he manages to keep that voice because it's so similar to his own. Um, it's incredible.
1: Although it is kind of weird, like watching, like uh, you know, when when Megatron became Galvatron in like season three and four, uh, season three of um, G One, it was kind of weird listening to that because it was just Fred from Scooby Doo as, as Galvatron, <laughs> and it's just like, okay, this is weird.
0: Oh, that's right, because he was he didn't really uh, he wasn't really doing like sort of the Leonard Nimoy thing, was he when he was doing Galvatron?
1: Yeah, no, no, he. Um you know he originally like recorded I think for the movie but then they replaced him with like Nimoy and 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 it was like that was the take he went with like the the, the take you hear in the show is the the take he did in the movie so mm-hmm. it wasn't until like when he came back to do you know Galvatron and like um Age of Extinction did he like say okay I'm gonna do something completely different which is like you know take it lower and more gravelly and and whatnot.
0: yeah no that's fantastic getting to uh played like the dual roles of Megatron and Galvatron I can also say is really fun so you know it's uh but uh him getting to do it sort of twice again against like two different sort of iterations of the characters is especially fascinating just his his career is just storied and amazing
1: yeah I know but um
0: <laughs> it's incredible
1: but I mean it's 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 tough because like I, I kind of feel bad for anyone who takes the role of you know Optimus or or um or Megatron because they're always going to be compared to Welker and and Cullen.
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of a thing, isn't it? Like you, you—it's sort of like anyone who plays the Joker. Um, you know, it, it's always going to be compared to uh, uh, the the genius of Mark Hamill, and it's like you know, to a degree, that's. Uh, Perfectly acceptable to you know because everyone has their preferred version you know whether they like the original or you know like an, another thing or whatever you know like it everybody has their preference and you you have in your head what this character sounds like and sometimes that works for you and sometimes it doesn't if it changes up and you know so I mean I, I never begrudge anybody who uh uh you know would prefer a more a more Frank Welker sound or what have you like I I never begrudge anyone that I never take offense if uh if i'm not someone's favorite megatron because i'm like you know what i get it I'm like I, I completely understand and hey it's all about individual taste so
1: yeah i mean i'm personally not a big i wasn't a big fan of um tatashore's take on the character because i thought you just like sounded too angry and i'm like eh, you know it's just too angry it's like it's it's way too angry for my taste but um you know it works for that incarnation of megatron i guess Mm. you know personally I, I just thought he just came off as too angry and too you know ironically enough too hulkish so there you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's right fred sadish often does uh the hulk i was like wait hulk oh yeah yeah he's right that's what he does <laughs> yeah
1: look at me flexing my knowledge <laughs> yeah there you go yeah
0: yeah fred's great fred's a really sweet guy
1: no, I met him at a con, you know, back in mm-hmm. 2018, and he's, like, the sweetest human being you will ever Such meet. Such a warm personality,
0: that man. He's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and I kind of felt bad, like, he didn't have any Megatron prints to sign. I'm like, oh, that's so sad.
0: Because, <laughs> let's see, he did, he did the video game, the uh, Fall of Cybertron or what have you. Was there a... Or was that the second one after War for Cybertron? Because I know that if you Google like Transformers War for Cybertron, like it doesn't come up with our Netflix show first. It comes up with a, a video game where I believe he
1: voiced Megatron. Yeah, he Pretty was sure. uh, he was Megatron in that and the sequel Fall of Cybertron. Okay,
0: so he did do the sequel as well. Okay, I, you lose track after like you know so many amazing people have gotten to play Megatron. You know, like I just kind of lose track of who did wait who did what when who how, who, who. You know, like it just kind of spins your head around a little bit because it's such a such a legacy character.
1: Yeah, I know. It's it's just so weird like just um just thinking about cuz I remember I used to talk to someone who grew up um with the 80s cartoon and, and thinking like, man, I I didn't think that this franchise would be still going and that they'd still be um telling stories to this day, but you know, that just goes Oh yeah, it's got
0: incredible longevity. Like it's amazing and its fans are so dedicated. It's just it's a really spectacular nice lived in franchise. Like it's it's always just it doesn't look like it's going to lose steam anytime soon. So I think that's fantastic. I have such immense respect for the, the incredible longevity of, uh, you know, robots that turn into cars. You know, if you look at, like, the kind of very bare bones, like, toy aspect of it, like, the fact that that has developed such a mythos is, like, crazy and, and incredible. So I'm, I'm delighted that it's something like this is still going.
1: No, and, um, but I mean, like, with the character of Megatron, I think, like, what's interesting about him is that, you know, they don't usually give him, like, the most interesting of transformations, the most interesting of alt modes. Like, he's usually just a tank or a gun or a plane or a, mm-hmm. or a spaceship or whatever, but I think that kind of fits his character because he's, like, he's one of the few characters in, this, in the entire mythos who can just pull off being a robot. You know, it's just like it's Megatron, mm-hmm. like he doesn't need to transform into anything, like he's just a robot, who looks like a gladiator with a giant cannon, for god's sakes. Like, what more mm. do you want?
0: Yeah, it's funny. The uh, when we first did the uh, uh, Prime Wars trilogy, <clears throat> that was my first exposure to uh, Megatron doing anything other than turning into a gun that someone else had to shoot. So I was kind of delighted. I'm like, oh, he's a tank, excellent, like that makes sense. He's you know, he's a big military brawler type like of course he's a tank like that only makes sense and so the fact that that stuck around to like you know this other the netflix iteration as well uh made me happy just because again that was kind of like oh man am i going to turn into a gun and i have to negotiate with starscream to use me (laughs) like i don't, (laughs) how are we going to do this
1: (laughs) no but i mean i really i mean I, i mentioned this before but um in like a previous episode but um I really like the what they did with the relationship between Starscream and um, Megatron in this series where he's not portrayed as the cowardly like, you know, guy who wants to take over Megatron's um, position at the start. He's usually just like that slarmy guy who's like, oh, why is, why is Jetfire the one being like promoted over me? I'm the one who should be like leading the Seekers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. and and he's like, and Frank pointed this out. Like, I didn't even notice this until like Frank pointed it out when we when we when he was on the show. He's like, have you noticed? Like, Starscream is like in like basically in Megatron's ear throughout the entire first season. And I'm like, oh, I did not notice that, but he is. And it's, oh yeah,
0: like... yeah. He's. Um. I uh, I really liked what they did with Starscream as well, especially because, um, at the beginning he definitely doesn't have that you know like I should be leader thing going on quite yet. Um. And also just the fact, you know, he's he's like, I should be, you know, leader of the Seekers first. And then from there, I'll look at my other, you know, upscaling opportunities. But at first, yeah, he's just sort of, he definitely leans on Megatron uh, a, a little bit. And which, you know, I, I think Megatron's also pleased to have someone else who's like, so, like, it, Starscream is so down with the Decepticon cause when it first starts and whatever. Like, it's just, it's fantastic. I think that Megatron's delighted that there's, you know, a, a, a sort of an newer fanatic character and he's like then eventually of course promotes him to being leader of the seekers which you know Starscream star scream is hilariously delighted by and then we move on from there and then thankfully in the uh then then of course the usual star scream comes out and he you know wants to he wants to be the leader because that's what star scream does
1: yeah and and i would say like out of all the incarnations of Megatron like this one's probably the darkest because he's like straight up pro chess <laughs> like straight up off the bat you know screw the Autobots they deserve to die <laughs> deserve oh yeah like what's
0: interesting too is that like you know in the first season we got to play with um, you know he's conflicted about uh, you know he's not he doesn't just start off like holy evil and whatnot but he definitely dives into that after the uh uh show progresses a little bit because you know that especially when he's approached with the plan of hey how about we spoilers for everyone by the way um but uh you know the fact that he's like hey i have an idea let's uh reformat all of the autobots into decepticons you know because at first megatron's like uh i don't let me think about that like you know that's perhaps a little much but then as the show goes on he's like you know what that's what we got to do this is the way so let's let's get it going and then they do and it's terrifying and awesome and it's such a sinister plan. but it was fun to kind of play that switch a little bit where you know Megatron's kind of reluctant to do some of the darker things that he does but then out of what he perceives as necessity, he has to do it. so that was that was a lot of fun to play with. I, I really enjoyed what we got to do with Megatron giving him giving him a little bit of nuance to get into that dark place, which was a lot of fun.
1: Oh god um and spoilers for you know season 2 here but um there's this there's this entire sequence where Megatron shows up at like this place where Shockwave's like okay you know there's this like one city that's still functioning we need to you know to power yeah. to power up this doomsday machine we need like the city to go offline and he's like I don't want to you know Megatron's hesitant he's like I don't want to You know, take it offline. So he goes there. Yeah, these are loyal
0: Decepticons. I don't want to just take this whole city off, this whole sector offline.
1: So, I mean, he goes up to them, and it's a depressing scene because they're, like, broken, begging for... And, you know, they're just like they're, they're just it's so depressing. Like they're they're, yeah, they're barely
0: holding it together. It's like some sort of like, you know, it's like a trench in World War One or something like that, where, you know, just everybody's wounded and everybody's in pieces and people have missing limbs and they're barely holding like a little fire together. You know, like this it's barely it, it, it'll save them a lot of power if they take the place offline. But, you know, they're trying to be loyal Decepticons as best they can with what they've got. And then, of course, Megatron deems that it's not worthy keeping, worth keeping online, and shuts it down. And yeah, it's pretty. The the fact that you can like hear the sort of cries from the the city in the distance was always a, a really kind of dark, extra dark notion. I thought.
1: Yeah, that was like easily the darkest. Like again, this is like easily the darkest incarnation of, of Megatron. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of, of
0: switching of, off lives, you know, <laughs> like I mean, you do.
1: I mean outside of I think Prime like this is like the darkest incarnation of Megatron we've gotten cuz he's like he's war torn, he's tired, he's just like I will do any anything in my power to win this war even if it means like sacrificing lives.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, he is ruthless. He is ruthless
1: which is kind of a far cry from the from the tired megatron who's just like yeah whatever <laughs> from the prime wars. Tradition. Yeah, ret-
0: retired Megatron. Yeah, snide sarcastic Megatron.
1: <laughs> uh man, it's, it's That was a lot
0: of fun to play though. I I admit I kind of uh I'm glad that I got the opportunity to play like War for Cybertron Megatron, you know, like really militaristic like, you know, leader Megatron, proper bad guy Megatron. Uh, But with the Prime Wars trilogy, playing retired, sarcastic, kind of, you know, villain turned anti-hero turned sort of friend, like, it's kind of like an anime character or something, you know, Um, it's like that trope, but that was a lot of fun to play. I I actually really liked playing sassy Megatron, as as the fans came to call him. That was fun.
1: I mean, I wasn't a fan of the Prime Wars trilogy, but I really did like Megatron. That's okay. (laughs)
0: I mean, again, like, I, I never begrudge anybody... Uh, You know, people can come up to me and say that they they hate my Megatron more than they hate grapefruit salsa or whatever, you know, like some horrible concoction. It's like, okay, fair enough. Why'd you get in line? But (laughs) at a convention, but uh, no, like I I never begrudge anybody their um, uh, preferences. I think that's that's perfectly fine. But I I know that I had a lot of fun in those sessions and I'm, you know, just playing. Uh, this weirder version of Megatron that I don't think had been done before was a lot of fun too. you know, like sort of retired, exhausted, done with everyone more than he'd ever been done with everyone before. Version of Megatron, I think was just just a lot of fun. so I kind of kind of hope that 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 incarnation uh, and that idea of him, you know takes takes root or something and maybe they do that later on with you know some some other version, I guess I think that'd be fun
1: because I was thinking about this, like, you know, I would love, um, you know, an animated miniseries just focusing on a Megatron, Megatron and Optimus, like after the war, like what happens to them after the war? Like, I I would love to to explore that idea because that's sure. So
0: like sort of in between like the end of the war and the sort of Prime Wars trilogy era where like they're both banished to wherever they are. I don't remember, some sort of Colosseum thing on some planet. I don't know. <laughs> I never really knew where he was. But, yeah, I mean, I'd be – because, yeah, like at that point, like what do you do when you're the two leaders of two opposing factions and you uh, – uh, you know, when when your war is done and your people have voted in a new system of government and you are told to get bent and go away, where do you go? What do you do? I assume that you I, – I can only assume that they sort of stayed together for a little bit but then probably got sick of each other's company, especially Megatron. If he's in that sassy Megatron state, he is not here to listen to Optimus Prime speechify every two minutes. So he is going <laughs> to go somewhere else, uproot the mailbox so he doesn't get anything in the post and then just go
1: chill out for a while. So, No, I mean, I, I really like that scene where um, Optimus meets up with Megatron at the, in the old abandoned Coliseum and he's like, you know, will you help? And he's like, no, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah of course not idiot what are you doing here yeah no that that scene was fun especially because megatron's like oh we get to fight awesome he's like i don't want to fight oh we're gonna fight no i'm i'm not here to fight megatron he's like well then why are you here you know like this is dumb so yeah that was that was a lot of fun to fun to play with too
1: I mean, but I mean, was it was it weird like going from that to you know War for Cybertron, Megatron, who was, like a completely like devoid of any positive traits?
0: Um, well, I mean, it, it's kind of had been what Frank and I had been hoping to do anyway, which was you know play a slightly more in the trenches versions of the characters, a little more uh, classic, you know, during the war uh versions so we have been wanting to do that anyway if you know another another version of the show came around and thankfully it did um so i don't it wasn't wasn't that weird because i'd been hoping to do it and i play a lot of bad guys anyway so um you know it, it wasn't that crazy of a of a shift for me and i assumed that just because it was retired sassy megatron was such a wild idea i assumed that it probably wouldn't come around again Uh, as a concept i figured if if i played megatron again it would probably be more classic more like you know uh scary bad guy you know whatnot megatron so i don't know i I was happier about it than i was like surprised or finding it like a difficult shift or anything especially because like you know vocally they let me just do the same thing i did um so that you know i didn't have to do a huge shift there or anything so no I, i i really enjoyed it i didn't find it that crazy
1: I mean, I know like a lot of people were like upset, like they didn't bring back you know Cullen and, and and Welker, but I'm like, you know, I actually do like you know I was one of the few people who was like I actually do like Jason and Frank as, as Megatron and Starscream. I want to. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I it's see it's a lot of fun. Of them. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, honestly, we we tend to sit in on each other's sessions too, just so that um, uh, you know, we can just we, we just like watching each other work. So um, we'll, we'll tend to sit in on each other's sessions and just hang out. Um, plus we're, you know, friends with FJ, who was the showrunner. Um, and so it was, uh, you know, it was, it was fun to be able to hang out with him again, and, you know, just see everybody. And and because a few, a few people had come over from the prime wars show. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was just a, just a good time, honestly. And I, I, I would love to, you know, voice Megatron, uh, with Frank as Starscream, you know, more or as, as much as possible, just because it's so, it's just, it, it, for someone who didn't really wasn't really super into Transformers, like it's I've become more so since the show because now that I have more context for it and I understand it a little more and uh, you know I I appreciate it a little more. So I don't know. I I think it'd be really fun to keep doing uh, Megatron and Starscream. And honestly, uh, Frank and I had also been talking about like, wouldn't it be interesting if like uh, we end up being in something and we uh, we we like reverse our roles. And like I do, Star and like he does, Megatron. You know, like just, just interesting ideas where it's like, oh, that'd be cool. You know, just whatever, switching things up a little bit.
1: I mean, because it's interesting because you guys did work on like yeah a bunch of anime projects, but that was like you know you guys didn't record together and <laughs> they were like all bit parts. So you know, you never know.
0: Oh yeah, no, we've uh, we've we've had our fair share of anime things at this point, and no matter how. Uh, uh, whether they're mainstay characters or walk-on villains or you know various various different things we we never get to anime is not one where you get to work in a group it's unfortunate um but you know it because i always think that uh, the the few shows that i've worked on where we actually get to have everyone in the room that is where like the energy really flows and it's amazing like it's it's so much easier to uh, not that it's super hard to, you know, you get used to acting just sort of by yourself, but it's just more organic when you have a whole huge group of people and you have the other characters to play off of. Especially, I think it would have been really fun in like, you know, scenes where, you know, when like in, uh, I think it was the last season of, uh, Transformers that came out, the second season, uh, with, um, there's the scene with Megatron and Elita One. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that would have been really, really fun to uh, uh, record uh, with everybody else in the scene, especially Starscream sort of nudging Alina and being like, oops, and whatever, you know, um, <laughs> just because Starscream is such a little tool. Uh, but yeah, any any scene where Megatron gets to be like menacing and sort of extra scary or like tempting or whatever, you know, devilish is uh, is delicious. So it would have been even more fun to do that live with with anybody else in the cast.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it saves the money to have everyone record separately because it's hard to work behind it. everyone's. Scheduled. Honestly, it's mostly a scheduling thing. Yeah,
0: like it's mostly just easier to schedule one person at a time um, than try and schedule, you know, four or five people at the same time because you know, the thing about voiceover is that uh, you know, some people are like, you know, do you get nervous after a gig or whatever? And I'm like, no, because I'm usually heading over to the next one. Like, usually your day is just this thing, then this thing, then this thing, then this thing. So you know, I, you record the thing, you move on to the next thing and you move on to the next thing, and you move on to the next thing. So, um, you know, scheduling is just really difficult, um, and getting everybody in at, at one time, uh, or whatnot. So I, I mean, I get it, but man, I wish it worked out that way. Cause when you're in there with all the other actors and you really get to feed off each other's energy, it's just spectacular. It's
1: really, really fun. No, yeah, but I mean, it's 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 so disappointing when I find out like um, a lot of shows are recorded like separately. And I'm like, oh, couldn't they record yeah. them like you know ensemble?
0: Exactly, and it used to, and it gives such like an old old timey like radio drama feel to it as well, where you know everybody gets to kind of do their thing, and we all come in on our own beats, and we all get a real conversation flow going, and everything feels supernatural. Yeah, just uh, I, I miss that. It's one of my favorite things when I get to be in a show, where even if it's just one other actor. You know, it's it's fun to be able to do, to maintain that energy.
1: Plus, I mean, it's 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 more fun, in my opinion, to watch someone else work and like take notes in there. Oh the- yeah,
0: I love that's my that's one of my big things. Is I just love just watching everyone else work and you know really feeling the scene. Yeah, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like it's something I think we take for granted because I think like, well, for one, I mean personally, I think performances would be a lot stronger if you had everyone else in the room together. <laughs> that's just me. But um, I mean, I understand like why they, why they, um, why they got to work through, why they got to do it like separately because, you know, scheduling and, you know, anime dubbing is a completely different monster that requires. Oh yeah, that especially.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that especially. Come to think of it, I've never actually done any anime where there's more than one of us in the booth at once. I'm trying to think. Maybe I did once. I'm just spacing on what it is. But yeah, usually that especially is just, uh, just the one. Um, because they have to get you know those specific flaps matched and things like that, and oh, anime can be really exhausting at times, but nonetheless rewarding and fun. Been doing a lot of it from home uh, uh, this past uh, past strange year, so it's been uh, it's been an experience for sure.
1: Um and speaking of anime, I actually did watch uh, Megalobox and I did like your performance. Hey, so, so. Megalobox. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's become one of my favorites. I love 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 Megalobox. And honestly that Megalobox Megalobox. Um it's also the uh honestly I would watch uh boxing if everybody had robot arms. Like I would watch the hell out of boxing. Nowadays as it is, I don't really watch much boxing but if they all had robot arms, I'd watch the hell out of it. That'd be awesome. I just think it's a f- more fun version of the sport.
1: No, I mean, I really love the fact that it's not only, like, them having, ro- you know, in- cybernetic enhancements. Like, everyone has to have a gimmick, and that's what I love about it. Oh, yeah. It. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's the shark guy, and there's the very Spanish guy, and there's the, you know, yeah, everyone has their own, like, kind of, way toned down like one piece villains kind of thing like everyone has their shtick you know which is just spectacular um and joe's is just that i don't have gear and so like, well, that's pretty rad i guess i mean hell he wins so yeah no but playing um playing Nanbu uh in that was so fun especially because um uh kg tang who voiced uh joe is um i think a couple years older than me so it's fun to play uh I, I play a lot of older characters um i play a lot of uh mentors and bad guys and what have you so but Nanbu was interesting because like going in uh it was recommended that i watch the show all the way through first um you know so i kind of knew where uh nonbu's journey was going and all about his intent and stuff so it was, it was really fascinating i rarely do that with uh anime shows just because I, I kind of want to you know see what it is moment to moment it's a very actor thing but um yeah so that, that was fascinating going in and actually having watched the entire show um but i i think that doing that and uh, our wonderful director ezra weiss was um he really uh helped kind of helped me figure out like the gentler parts of nonbu and the uh you know the the sweeter less asshole like parts of Nanbu, like you know parts that are not as skeezy as as he usually is or can be. So I came to I came to really really like Nanbu as a character.
1: And I'm kind of surprised I actually he had an arc. I was I was I was just Yeah, thinking... honestly,
0: uh, the show's almost more about him than it is about Joe, you know.
1: Yeah, I I really like there's there's a lot more focus on him now that I think about it than Joe cuz Joe's just like I don't want to say like a bland protagonist, but he's just like, yeah, I want to fight real fights. And he's exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Joe is exactly what he is. And he doesn't pretend to be anything else. But Nanbu is pretending to be like three other things. So he has to eventually figure it out, figure out who he actually is kind of by the end of the show, um, which he does, which is. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. Like Joe isn't uh, in my opinion. I don't think Joe is. He's not a blank slate or like boring or anything he's just exactly what it says on the box you know he's like i want to i want to fight i can prove it myself i want to do you know i want to be the megalobox champ and like that's just all i want like this is what i want and i'm going for it and Nanbu's like well hang on uh i you know uh let's 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 do this thing and we'll do that you know trying to do, work six other angles um, so, yeah, Nanbu kind of has to whittle himself down to a singular personality, which he does by the end, thankfully. And he's uh, a little less whole for it, shall we say. But he uh, <laughs> at least he ends up not being an asshole by the end.
1: I mean, I, and I still love the fact that there was, you know, well, I can't get into it. Cause, but there's this like really lovely little gag head towards the towards the end and the final montage that actually made me laugh. So, you know, that I can't go into because of, you know, too, it's too spoiler heavy <laughs> but um uh, mm-hmm. but i mean there was this just fu- there's just funny there was just this funny line where he's like you know just because i'm so and so doesn't mean i doesn't mean i can't still you know catch a slack and-
0: <laughs> oh yeah exactly yep <laughs> i know exactly the line you mean yeah but, yeah I, I love megalobox and i love it's a gorgeous looking show i love that they specifically like kind of crushed its uh visual down to look more like you know like a cowboy bebop uh, kind of thing, you know, something, uh, uh, sort of like, like an older show, uh, more classic hand-drawn anime stuff. Like, it, I don't know. I, I really think that the visuals are gorgeous and I'm, I'm really curious, uh, uh, to, I, cause I have it on DVD. I need to sit down and watch it again. I'm curious to relive it, but, uh, been meaning to for a bit now cause I'm just, I kind of miss those characters. <laughs>
1: I mean, well, I mean, we already, it's confirmed for season two. So, you know, who knows?
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I keep forgetting about that. I'm <laughs> like, I think I follow a Twitter that talks about it. I don't know. I lose track of stuff on the bird app. I don't know.
1: <laughs> like, what? I'm <laughs> going to come back yeah. for Nambu. Okay.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I haven't been asked. So, I don't know. I mean, hopefully, but haven't heard anything.
1: No, but I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's like, while it's not a perfect show, it is like, it is one of those shows that I, you know, it's, again, <laughs> I've said this before, but I'm one of those people who's very picky when it comes to watching anime. Cause I'm like, I really don't like, cause a lot of newer anime shows take for, for, forever to get to their point. But I'm mm-hmm. glad like Megaloblox is just like one of those shows. It's like, okay, this is what the show's about. This is what the plot is. And it's easy to follow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Here's the plot. Here's the characters go. Like there's very little dressing on the side. Like it's just sort of, it's exactly what it says on the box. It's exactly, it doesn't pretend to be anything else, which is great. Like just the fact that it sort of dives in is, is just spectacular. And just one of the things that strikes me the most about Megalobox that I love is the music. I love the music in, in that show. It's so good
1: no i made a i made a joke about so is the entire the entire um uh soundtrack to this just like lo fi beats to beat your opponents to?
0: i mean I would say that it's definitely not all lo fi i mean it's it's pretty hard as it goes along certainly the theme is super super cool but uh yeah i mean there's a there's a lot of it that's that's uh super good like lo fi music yeah, it's a it's a spectacular soundtrack. I went out after we recorded the first episode, I bought the soundtrack like immediately because I was just like this music's fantastic. What is this? Like who is this artist? <laughs> Delighted.
1: Yeah, because it's you know, it has a very like, you know, lo- you know, it has hip hop, lo-fi, you know, hardcore, punk, you know, just just a lot of stuff and That's a lot. It kind
0: of, and it fits the kind of like very like post-apocalyptic-esque looking, you know, future kind of thing, which is just fantastic i i love love the sort of future that it has for it which is just magical but i i think that the music really lends itself to that
1: like now that i think about it like this is like the closest we're ever gonna get to a punch out anime <laughs> so
0: yeah yeah it's true i mean oh man have they have they never done a punch out anime i feel no, like there they, was they, a punch out show no they, they, that they're, crazy they're...
1: There were like other boxing anime, but like there was never a specific like punch out anime. I feel like
0: punch out was was it just Little Mac was referenced in a was he in another Nintendo cartoon at some point? Maybe I'm crazy. Huh.
1: Maybe I I mean
0: I'd love to see a punch out anime though. That'd be amazing. Can you imagine? That'd be awesome.
1: Oh no, no, you're thinking about um God, one of the bad guys was one of the bad guys in Captain N. King Hippo was a bad guy on Captain oh, N. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's where I'm going with it. I
0: could have sworn the little Mac was in it, though. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, but, yeah, okay, I think I think you may be right. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, man, freaking King Hippo. Can you imagine, like, a super dark, gritty version of King Hippo where he's still, like, really big, but he's got, like, abs on his belly, like the really weird, like, extra muscly, but also big, fat, scary hulking character like kind of like some weird version of the kingpin um oh my gosh i really i'm put, i'm gunning for this show now i want them to do a punch out show that's just straight up no holds barred like exactly what it should be oh man can you imagine
1: oh man like the little mac <laughs> punching like you know montage rocky style yeah <laughs> just...
0: exactly And, I mean, when you punch King Hippo, his boxers better fall down and stuff. His shorts better fall off, and he better have to pull them back up again. Um, Because otherwise, what's the point? (laughs) If we don't get all the game references in there, then what are we even doing?
1: (laughs) Reference all of the game stuff, or don't. (laughs) And then at the end, you know, Mike Tyson shows up, and he's like, you may have beaten everyone, but you haven't beaten me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, welcome to the arena. And it's like, oh, God, it's literally Mike Tyson. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think that's one of the things that's so funny about that game that like super dates it. Other than you know like the visuals and the system, it, just the fact that it's like ah yes, Mike Tyson.
1: <laughs> no um, oh, man,
0: because like I... how long has he been out of the game? Like freaking twenty years, something like that.
1: Almost thirty years now. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Yeah. Oh. Um. No, someone actually um I was actually reading like a review of Megalobox and and someone pointed out like the the concept is actually pretty pretty frightening when you think about it cuz they're giving boxers like these augments to make them hit harder so and someone pointed out like can you imagine how 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 scary Mike Tyson in his prime would have been if they gave him like cybernetic enhancements
0: he's got like cybernetic teeth for extra ears and it's just like really horrifying yeah, no, it's true, especially some of the, like, logistical dangers of it. Like, I remember a few shots that are that are super cool to look at, but uh, earlier on in the show when, like, Joe's boxing with, I forget who, and he, like, runs his arm down the other dude's arm in, like, a swing, and it creates sparks everywhere, and it's like, oh, okay, this is straight-up dangerous. Um, and especially, like, uh, at one point when, like, the – whatever the back control contraption is on Joe's thing, like starts to fritz out and Nandu has to run and open it and grab a thing out of it, drop it in a bucket of water. And it's like, tss, and everything like this is, this is super dangerous. How are we allowed to, shouldn't we have some technicians on hand here? Like this is really dangerous. Um, but I guess that's kind of why I'm into it because it's like, you know, give me the danger. Like, yes, excellent fight for my amusement. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of into it. Just, uh, purely on the fact that like these guys are fighting with robot arms like i don't need anything else <laughs> this I mean, is and ridiculous it, and, it, and i love it
1: and it does get like real violent in some of the fights where i remember like the 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 shark guy gets really frustrated at some point and starts punching him and like gets him on the ground and starts like almost TJ-ing oh yeah him. and i'm like what the fuck is this <laughs> oh yeah
0: no it's fantastic like it it gets pretty violent as it goes on um one of the things, one of the little details that I love, um, and I don't think I've ever asked KG how he did it, um, what exactly his technique was to do it, but um, he might have just put like a, a finger over his teeth or something like that. But when Joe puts in his like mouth guard and he sort of has that thing, like he's got something in his mouth and everything, like you know, KG actually did that during the bit, and I was like, oh, I'm glad that everyone's still wearing mouth guards at least, <laughs> like they have giant cybernetic arms that they're hitting each other with, but at least they have some plastic in their mouths. You know, you don't want to lose any teeth. <laughs> Goodness.
1: And it, and it does get darker when we get to, like, um, uh, what, was his, what was his name? What was the war veteran's name? I forgot his name.
0: Oh, uh, Aragaki.
1: Aragaki's backstory is pretty yeah. fucked Yeah, oh, up. <laughs> that's so
0: good. Oh, my God, Aragaki. Poor Aragaki. Yeah. Um, he comes around, though. He's okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, like out of all the fights, the Aragaki fight was the best. I'm sorry. Like, I don't. Oh, care. yeah. No, he's care. spectacular. <laughs> like, what a
0: great character. What a great, especially on like his, you know, mechanical limbs and stuff like that. Like, you know, he's got because he's lost his legs. So, yeah, he was he was fantastic. I really liked that arc. Um And especially that it ends on a, you know, he doesn't just sort of, you know, revenge his way into the ground or anything. He Realizes what's up, and he he moves forward from there, and it's just kind of a nice like you know, nice partnership afterward. It's cool.
1: I really liked that part. No, I mean, and I love the ending where you know when he's being escorted out of the ring, and and his manager and his uh you know manager tells him like you know don't you think I didn't you know don't think I didn't know what you were planning? Like if you wanted to win, you would have won by now. But I know what you were planning, so mm. like yeah, that was a nice touch.
0: Yeah. No, it's a good show. I I really love Megalobox. That's especially as as one who's not super into like the sports anime thing. I think that this is like a really nice spin on that because it sort of adds a nice element of sci-fi to it as well. So I yeah, I I have a big special place in my heart for uh, from Megalobox.
1: Although I was disappointed like the um the Mexican guy who was, like, my favorite boxer just, like, got jobbed out by by Yuri. I'm like, that was, that was oh, Oh, and especially when
0: he comes out and he has, like, that crazy awesome, like, entrance and everything. And it's, like, super dramatic and whatnot. Yeah, I thought we were going to get a little more out of him. I was a little, a little saddened by that, too. But when you're Yuri, I guess, and you can just knock everybody out like you're Brad Pitt and snatch, then, you know
1: oh and, and yuri's arc does get dark as well towards the end of oh like, yeah oh my goodness Lex
0: lang is yuri is so good oh he's so good
1: oh man it's I, I just like keep forgetting how like is it like god it's it's weird for me like watching some of these shows and listening to like you know a lot of these actors you know because they work on various shows and and like realizing like how good they actually are <laughs> like like really really good like you know, Jameson Price and 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 and, um, and Lex Lang were just like phenomenal. Oh, Jameson this. Price!
0: <laughs> oh, what a gift he is, and the sweetest man alive. I love Jameson Price. Um, yeah, no, he. When we got to do, it's funny. I had initially um, auditioned uh, for both Nanbu and Fujimaki. Um, but when when they cast Jameson Price as Fujimaki, I'm like, oh, of course they did. Like, cause he's just so, he just has such a beautiful low register to his voice and stuff. But, uh, and he just talks like that in real life, more or less. Like he's just got such a gorgeous voice and just a very sweet man. Um, cause we got to do, uh, uh, a couple of panel things together and he's just, he's just a delight. Love Jameson price.
1: So of course you cast him as the mobster with no redeeming. Quality.
0: Yeah, naturally. Oh yeah. No, he's, he's brilliant. Um, and I think that's actually when I first met him uh, uh, in person. You know, um, I didn't realize that uh, it wasn't on a Megalobox thing or anything. But he just sort of comes up behind me. And he's just like non-boo. and I'm like, "Oh, hi, James. How you do- how you doing, Mister Mister Fujimaki? Uh, you know, and whatever." And just sort of, and we just had a delightful character moment, and then just sort of hugged each other. He's a very sweet man.
1: I kind of want to see more of him. I hope he comes back in season two.
0: Yeah, me too. Now that you've reminded me about a season two thing, I'm going to have to look into that. I mean, well, um,
1: although, I mean, I looked it up, and it's like, oh, seven years later, I'm like, oh, they're doing a time skip, okay. <laughs> so
0: Fujimaki <laughs> might be in prison or what have you.
1: <laughs> and and Joe has a beard, so there you go.
0: That's how you know that there's been a passage of time, because a character chooses not to shave.
1: <laughs> and I mean, and I did love the ending where where, you know, Joe, where, you know, the, you know, fights over Joe walks away and and the guy asks him you know do you want to fight you want to fight or continue and he's just like he doesn't give him an answer He just like you know rides off into the sunset
0: yeah (laughs) going 90 and a 35 on that bike always you're gonna keep getting into wrecks with very important megalo boxers you keep doing that Joe cut it out
1: oh I just slow it down I, I love the scene where you know he crashes his bike and then he just gets up doesn't even sell the, the 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 crash and he just like starts shadow boxing. Like, yeah, right? Literally. It's just
0: it's like jo, Joe, no no no. You the show someone your insurance. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> Never mind, I
1: guess. Gotta beat Yuri, god damn it.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh my God, this kid.
1: <laughs> no, but it was it's a fun show and I recommend like everyone watch it and if you haven't already, it's it's really great.
0: Hmm. super easy watching too like even when it gets dramatic I and mean, i never think it's like hard to watch dramatic like it's just enough to, to to still be interesting and i don't know i i find it a very easy watch um oh, uh, especially I, the I'm progression gonna... of events you know i think i feel like it just progresses naturally
1: oh, I, knocked, I knocked it out in a day so there you go yeah
0: exactly it's e- easy to binge easy to just sit down and, and enjoy yeah
1: I mean, it's only thirteen episodes. There's no like manga to it. Like so, there's no like you gotta know who this is. This this is. Uh-huh. And they, expl- they explain it to you, and it's very simple. And I'm like, I kind of wish more anime was like this. Just yeah, be simple, please.
0: Yeah, honestly, there's a, there's a few things out there where it's like simplify, simplify, simplify. You know, because there's there's just never enough appreciation for something that because you know things can still work narratively and dramatically if they're just a little simpler like it, it doesn't have to be crazy complex the villain doesn't need to intentionally get captured so that they can then do this and do the thing that the, 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 you know like and tick an impossible number of boxes and whatever you know like things like I don't know I, I think that there's been a trend towards uh either extra needlessly complex things or like uh uh, things that are complex based on like some sort of uh, the need to kind of fool the audience and it's like well how about you just take the audience along for the ride rather than try and deceive them and try and try and trick them especially because you know like everybody who's who's you know watches uh things that you know whether it's cinema sins or nostalgia critic or things like that things that sort of you know poke fun at movies like everybody tries to be smarter than any movie that they're watching now so if you just stop trying to make your movie smarter than the audience as a as a you know counter and just present a nice flowing thing and it doesn't have to be crazy and it doesn't have to you know i don't know i it's hard to explain but i I just feel like a a simplification of narrative i think would, would serve everyone a lot better rather than trying to make everything needlessly complex
1: No, man, that's why, like, I never really got into, like, a lot of anime shows, because it's just, like, a lot of shows, like, take, like, they're just, like, like, complex, needlessly complex, and I feel like they don't need to be, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, you got a power system, okay, you don't need to, like, overcomplicate it, just explain what the power system is, and just, like, go there, I don't know why you gotta be like, oh, you know, (laughs) <laughs> like, this villain is low rank, but somehow he pulled out... A, a, uh, he pull, he's, like, somehow a badass now in this scene because he yeah. believed in, in himself or whatever. Just like, come on. Yeah, and the other thing with me is,
0: like, if you just, like... You know, they didn't have to really go into... In my memory of Megalobox they don't go into a huge amount of detail of, like, why they started putting metal arms on everybody and Megaloboxing that way. You know, it's just, like, this is the, this is all I need is, like, if... If if the world, like, exists in a show like this, you know, that people use robot arms to box, okay, fine, I'll go with it. I don't need to really know why because it doesn't affect the narrative, if you know why. You know, it doesn't matter why, it's just the fact that this is what they do, and all right, like, that's all I need. So I, I like that Megalobox didn't take a whole bunch of episodes to, like, explain the original Megaloboxer and why he, the, you know, what scientist invented the whatever. Like, you know, I, I would feel like that would just be a waste of time. Like, I think, just tell me, like, these are the rules, and as long as you follow them within your own story, then that's all I need. Like, just, just lay it out. You don't have to explain it in detail, you know? Because yeah, I, I mean, feel like there's a lot of over-explaining that happens.
1: I mean, yeah, like, that's what that's the beauty of the character of Santo. Like, he just shows up, and he's like, ah, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. I mean, he just he, yeah, he just shows up to Spout Exposition, but, you know, I'm glad he's there, because mm. there you go, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, you don't have to over explain it.
0: Exactly. Like, just if you just lay it out and say, like, this is the way it is, then okay, like, in this world, this is why this is the way it is. So, all right, that's all I need.
1: And and they do a good job, like, when they get to like Robbie Draymond's character, they explain why his gear is better than everyone else's because it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. But even that isn't
0: like a, you know, four episode arc explanation or anything. Like, it's just sort of a, you know, it's explained very concisely and, and that just sort of gives him extra reason. But I don't know, I, I feel like the show could have gone a long way in over-explaining itself and would have really overstayed its welcome if they did that, especially because it's like most people came to see people punch each other with robot arms. So, (laughs) you know, like, let's do that. But then that's what I like about Megalobox is you go in wanting to like, all right, let's watch people box each other with robot arms, but then you also get like these great layers of story and character development, which is so, you know, interspersed nicely um, between things like that. So it's not quite, you know, like go into a kaiju movie because all you want to see is you know the you know, two monsters hit each other like it's it's kind of in that vein but not fully like i i'm always i still haven't seen godzilla versus kong because i don't i i, I don't know I, i've lost faith in those kinds of movies where <laughs> oh. you know because they just spend so much time on the people
1: oh yeah no i'm it's
0: with like them. don't i don't want to i don't want to know about the people i don't care for yeah. some reason, somehow Pacific Rim managed to make it work, and I don't fully know how they did it, other than casting amazing people. But man, I and, and I think the other thing is that uh, the the other thing that had the Pacific Rim had going for it is that they aren't using like Godzilla or King Kong these these characters that people have loved for so long that they want to see more of. They were using sort of new de- designs of kaiju that no one had ever seen before. So I think that's another way that they succeed. Um, you know where. Whereas the newer Godzilla stuff, everyone's kind of like, you know, oh, man, I don't want to I don't want to see Aaron Taylor Johnson running around being a soldier. You know, like, I just want to see Godzilla stomping buildings. And it's like, I get that. But, you know, like Pacific Rim just didn't have that legacy to it, which I think is a reason how it managed to get around that feeling. But, yeah, I don't know, man, I, I haven't seen the newest one because I'm kind of like, mm, it's probably going to be too many people in it for me.
1: No, I mean, I, I remember watching, you know, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, because everyone was like, oh, you know, it's much better than the first one. I'm like, yeah, it is, but, like, the human parts are... Stupid. There's still too many people.
0: Oh, my God, there's still too many people. Like, wait, is that Charles Dance? Holy shit. But <laughs> what's he doing in this film?
1: My but sweet then, dear like, brother Noomsi. Yeah, yeah, right, like, huh? Oh.
0: but, um, but Yeah, like, I, I felt the same thing. I'm like, look, if we just had 50% less people... And more, you know, like Godzilla trying to figure out how to defeat King Ghidorah. Like that's that's what I wanted. Like just that. I mean, I guess the problem is that like you can't really have Godzilla have inner monologues to explain what he's doing and things like that. Like, I don't know, maybe it would be hard to do like just a straight up Godzilla thing, like a dialogue godzilla movie where it's just sort of roars and fighting and punching and stomping cities
1: no i mean i mean it it can be done but i mean they don't want to sure
0: (laughs) yeah i mean i'd like to see it honestly it'd make like a you'd have to get just the right composer though too because like the music would carry so much of it you know like it'd be it'd be kind of like uh uh like the 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 rite of spring uh dinosaur segment from fantasia or something you know like it would have to be that kind of thing where it's like the music really solidifies what's happening and whatever.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Like, uh, I think yeah. that, um, you know, I didn't like the first one and I got like a lot of hate for it. I'm like, how, how, how could you not like it? I'm like, I ah, like, like, there were parts that I did like. And I think like killing Brian Cranston's character off was a mistake. Oh,
0: that <laughs> disappointed me so much. And it's like, guys, people can like stuff or not like stuff. Like, it doesn't affect your day. Like, whatever. Let people like or not like what they want. Everybody. Oh God! I, it's not like if you don't like something or if you do like something that it like you know should directly affect someone's day. I don't know. I, I've always found that the 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 current internet climate of like you know d- hating on somebody if they don't like something or if they do like something is just so silly. Like just whatever. Let people like what they like. But yeah, that movie is uh, is kind of a kind of a slug of a watch for me because um, they lean again on the human characters so much, and it's like look. That works for like Jaws or something, you know, but this is you're not showing enough of the Godzilla for me to me to be satisfied with my ticket purchase here.
1: Yeah, I know. And it's and and like the second one where it's like, oh, you know, we need a human villain in there because why?
0: (laughs) Some crazy orca device and whatever. And father dude who's not Dennis Quaid, even though at first I thought it might be. (laughs) And <laughs> an incredible simulation um, but yeah the, I, I don't know those those movies are just not hitting it for me uh, maybe it's because I also don't have a huge amount of nostalgia for Godzilla um, which is just you know I mean I'm still waiting for them to make a Godzuki joke but I don't know if they ever will But <laughs> I mean it's right there But I guess no one's gonna no one's gonna take the leap. But or maybe they're not allowed to. (laughs) The studio's like, Nuh uh, none of that godzuki shit. Get that (laughs) out of here. I'm tired of you putting that in every draft of the script. Get it out. (laughs) It's not gonna be a thing.
1: No, Um, I I just like I'm I'm one of those people who's like, you know, the scene where Godzilla like when he came out of the water for the first time, I'm like I started humming to myself up. From the depths. From the depths. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and I said, like, you know what? The '70s. I said this, like, you know what? As cheesy as the '70s Hanna Barbera cartoon was, it was still more fun than than, than that movie. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. it was one of those things where it's like at least it, it it knew exactly what it was and it you know oh my god can you imagine if they had like a super badass like choir start singing that oh my god i'd explode i'd love the movie right away that's how you give me sometimes it's easy to get me into a movie like that's that's all i'd need it's just like oh man they actually went there okay i'll watch your entire film <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i would i would have lost my shit if you know if instead of um, john c reilly from from in kong skull island it was jack black i would be like oh they're connecting it to the to the peter jackson
0: oh my god (laughs) is this connected to the peter jackson i'm not sure
1: no it's not it's no okay (laughs) okay because
0: i well that's i'm just not sure who owns what and what you know i thought that it was like the kong thing and then the kong skull island and then this like i I never know which one's in continuity or whatever it's kind of like uh you know that when when universal was doing their dark universe thing it's like wait so what counts and what doesn't what huh you know
1: oh i saw that mummy movie and i'm like oh this oh is my stinky. gosh that mummy movie oh <laughs> dear yeah
0: yeah that was that was a lot of not what i wanted
1: i <sighs> like the lady who played the mummy i thought she was like super hot oh i have crazy. no issue yeah i have
0: like no issue with the cast or anything i just the the what a lot of the narrative and the design of things is just not not what i wanted out of a mummy movie and lord knows that put a huge stop on their dark universe thing real quick um because i know that i uh dracula untold uh oh god was, we do not i for not that, a, not speak that, that. <laughs> i know that was a film um uh but honestly like i i i don't know if we're gonna get a super accurate like dracula film almost ever again Even the Gary Oldman version, which I do enjoy, is not super accurate to the book. You know, it's much more romantic and much more, you know, whatever. Um, But I I just don't know if we're ever going to get a version of Dracula that isn't some sort of tragic figure and is just a monster. You know, I would would prefer that, but I don't know if we're ever going to get it.
1: Uh, I mean, there's just been so many Dracula adaptations, and I understand, like, they all had to be different, but I just did not like the idea of... What if it was Dracula before he was Dracula? <laughs> just And <why>? he was <laughs> British
0: <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> yeah, they although they do that a lot now though, don't they? They uh foreign just equals British and they're like they're good enough. Um like uh, you know, um I don't know, I just I just think that's such an unusual decision. But yeah. And it's kind of a shame because I think that uh, Luke Evans, you know, could pull off like a Vlad Tepish, you know, character like he's got that look and the armor was super cool. But, you know, all the posters were awesome. He's got, you know, like bat cape and whatever. Like it looks really cool. But then the, the film, I feel, is just a little bit plodding and another one where Charles Dance makes an appearance, though. He's just in everything we're talking about today.
1: If god was a villain he'd be me
0: (laughs) yeah exactly i love charles dance though he seems like the chillest dude he's just (laughs) i i love him and he can be in anything and i don't i don't care i'm happy
1: and he's always the bad guy have you noticed that oh yeah he's always the bad guy guy. (laughs) he's happy
0: to do it though from all i've ever seen he's like and i i can agree that like i think villains are the most fun roles because they allow you to you know most people aren't like, you know, megalomaniacal, complete total assholes who have no regard for human life. Most people aren't like that, but it's fun to be able to play that because it kind of gets your, you know, I can go into the studio and be having a terrible day and then I get to, you know, voice this character who's, you know, wrecking everything and whatever and, you know, like cackling like a maniac and whatever and just being... Villainous, villainous, villainous. And it's a little cathartic. You know, you feel a little better as you leave because it's like, oh, I got that out of my system. All right, perfect. You know, there's something about it. Playing bad guys is just, it, it's far enough removed from yourself, ideally, um, <laughs> as long as you're not some sort of weird sociopath, um, that its it's almost therapeutic. <laughs> it's kind of nice.
1: That's why I think like, you know, playing that's why I think like worlds like The Joker and, and Doctor Doom are great because you can just oh, yeah. like ham it up and and just like go crazy and it, Exactly. Just,
0: Anything where cool. you can just devour the scenery, especially. It's just magic.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean yeah, I just I just don't understand this this idea of like has there been any good Dracula Media in the past couple of years? I don't think so. I don't
0: think uh, so. uh, I mean i like castlevania but it's not again it's not super accurate and it's it's a little more romantic but um and it's also based on the you know the games and whatever and the i i love that show though unapologetically i think Godbrand should have st- st- stuck around for a little longer but um yeah honestly i because then let's see the the bbc dracula happened which is mostly confusing um didn't really care for, care much for that um but i'm just i'm just very particular about certain uh know classic literature things like uh, dracula especially gothic literature dracula frankenstein um the invisible man hasn't gotten a, an accurate like you know representation since it's 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 kind of like phantom of the opera which hasn't had a super accurate version since like 1925 um even though that version with lon chaney isn't super accurate but at least it's more accurate than most and then we have like you know the invisible man with claude rains which again hasn't been done since like i think that was 33 maybe um uh, so yeah there's something about like old universals old universal stuff that just hasn't really been either adapted adequately or in, i don't know i'm i feel like if they were gonna do a dark universe thing they needed to go much more old hollywood with it Instead of doing like a sort of a modern day pseudo Avengers thing, I'm not really sure what they were doing. It was and, kind of confusing. And, and, what, but... and what
1: bothered me is like, why is Mr. Like why is Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde the 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 Nick Fury of the, of the yeah, of this very
0: movie. confusing, a very strange set. Which is actually a, a bit of a shame because I thought Russell Crowe was doing some really interesting stuff. Like he was he was I liked his his uh, Doctor Jekyll and Hyde. Like he was. He he was doing some really really interesting stuff in in those scenes, but then just nothing came of it, which is a shame. I think I would have liked to have seen a uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde movie with uh, with Russell Crowe. But again, I would want it to be like a period film. Like I don't want it to be this weird modern day thing. That's oh, that's not what I want. You know, I
1: just I just don't like the idea of like Hyde being a, a separate entity because I'm just like, no, that's not the point of the book. Well, honestly, he was
0: I I was actually really pleased with um, uh, his like sort of transformative stuff because it's so easy for everybody nowadays. Whenever Mr. Hyde uh, appears, he's like some sort of Hulk creature. And it's like, no, Hyde is supposed to actually be a little younger than Jekyll. And he's actually a little, you know, when he first shows up, because he's not that present, you know, he's sort of a shriveled character um and dr jekyll is a little more sturdy and whatever like so the fact that he didn't like hulk out or anything was actually i was like oh good okay so they at least understood that um but yeah the, i i think that they i don't know those those there was a lot of promise there when they announced a dark universe and then the mummy happened and tom cruise flew around in a plane for a little bit literally
1: and, <laughs> and it, it was, it was it's...
0: really bizarre
1: and they ripped <laughs> off um they ripped off uh, American Werewolf in London, where his friend dies and comes back as a zombie, and it's just like, mm-hmm. he just ripped that off from American Werewolf in London, for God's sake.
0: That's another thing that um, I actually remember fairly enjoying was the uh, uh, Benicio del Toro Wolfman movie that came out in like oh geez probably ten years ago at this point.
1: Oh, but um, years ago,
0: yeah, there it is. Um, but yeah, I I remember like, again, like just just make these like period films. Like, don't, don't, no, none of this modern day stuff. Nobody wants to see Dracula using a cell phone. Like, don't, <laughs> don't do that, please. please stop it. <laughs> just, you know, we, we want to see horse-drawn carriages and top hats. Like, just, just keep it, period, will you?
1: No, I, mean, I don't know. I, That's what I, I want, anyway. I mean, that, that, that movie, you know, had its problems, but I mean, I did like. Oh, sure. I mean, Nothing's I did, perfect. I mean, I did like the asylum sequence. I thought that oh, was yeah. a great sequence.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And the transformation stuff was crazy. The prosthetic work, the everything, and it was nuts. Um, <laughs> I I really enjoyed that. Um, third act was a little a little strange. Wasn't oh, expecting God. the Anthony Hopkins bit, but <laughs> <laughs> very strange. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I I'm a sucker for like the you know gothic horror stuff. So I, when it's not done, just so I'm a little little saddened by it. But eh, what are you gonna do?
1: I mean I think the last gothic horror movie we got was Crimson Peak and that was it. Oh, Crimson Peak. Oh, what a gorgeous movie. Yeah, I mean I wasn't a big fan of it but like over the years I'm like okay, it's grown on me. I mean it I, ages I, like a fine wine. Yeah. It it
0: really does. I cuz I was the same way. I first watched it I was like that was okay, but then as you watch it more it's like no this is an excellent ghost story and it's and then the visuals are so striking. Just anything Del Toro touches is just wonderful. Sometimes you just have to let it simmer a little.
1: Yeah, I mean same thing with like Chronos and Devil's Backbone like I understand. Oh that, yeah. I understand like a lot of people did not like those movies on the first watch, but I'm like you got to watch them more than once cuz like it's mm-hmm. you know to really Yeah, as opposed it,
0: to it, things like, you know, Shape of Water or Pan's Labyrinth where upon like the first watching it's like, oh no, this is masterful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes it's a slower simmer.
1: Yeah. Oh god, I need to need to watch Pan's Labyrinth again. That's a great movie. Oh my god, that
0: movie is so good. That movie be so <laughs> so good
1: god i i just want more dark fantasy done right god damn it that's what I exactly remember. just
0: let let guillermo del toro do whatever he wants honestly i'm still jonesing for uh i think it's still shelved at the moment but when they announced that uh guillermo del toro would be doing the uh, uh disney haunted mansion film i think that would have been spectacular what a great melding of like creativity you know I would have loved to see his version of the Haunted Mansion.
1: Oh, it would have been much better than the Eddie Murphy movie.
0: <laughs> you know what's weird? Um, upon rewatching the Eddie Murphy version, it's like, yeah, most of it's pretty hokey, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Actually, like you know, my memory of it was it was, it was this unwatchable thing. But upon rewatching it again, it's like actually this is pretty harmless. <laughs> you know, is it a little predictable? Is it a little strange in its narrative? Sure. Does all of the humor work? Absolutely not. But I think ultimately, like, it's like, oh, this actually isn't isn't as terrible as I remember. But then again, it's probably just because um, one of the contributing factors is that just these days, mostly, I'm just like, as long as you can just entertain me for, like, two hours, like, that's all I want. Like, just take me somewhere else for a couple hours. Charles Dance can be there you know, if he wants, you know, like, just, just just movie, just take me away for a while. And if you can do that, I'm happy, you know, because it's so hit or miss anymore with like, if something plays by its own rules or, you know, or in the case of Godzilla stuff, like there's too many people in it or what have you, you know, something's just pull me right out of it. But if you can get me in the movie for like the first 15 minutes and I don't, you know, nothing you do breaks my, my attentiveness towards the narrative. And you just keep that like that. I'm happy. Like, that's all I want anymore is just entertain me, please. <laughs> just take me someplace else. It's dumb here, please. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Like over over the years, like I mean, this past year, I just like I've gotten so like sick of everything that I just like watch like random Family Guy episodes just to just to just to be like take me away. I well, that's valid. I mean, sometimes you know. it's
0: just like just things to cope, you know, things to to pull you somewhere else. That's totally valid.
1: Yeah, because this last year has been horrible on everyone, and we're still in the thick of it, and it's just mm-hmm.
0: like oh god. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess right now, I tell you. Yeah.
1: But I mean, like how have you been coping with that? Like what is your comfort these days?
0: Uh my comfort is uh definitely um, you know, I I, I roll in the warm tortilla like blanket of nostalgia certainly, you know, like I'll throw on something that I am fond of uh, or, or reading as well has been a, a great comfort. Um, you know, th- things that I I didn't usually feel I had time for anymore. One of which was reading because I loved reading so much, you know, I would always just I have books on books on books on books on books at uh, you know my abode, so g- getting back to that has been a, a real uh, saving grace as well, and uh, also got a cat, so that helped a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she's sitting right here with me right now. In fact, she just hopped <laughs> up on the table. Hey, baby. Her name is Hecate, and she is a little black cat.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I saw, I saw pictures of her on your Twitter. She's cute. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I post her a lot. Those are the things that get all the attention. If you have a cat post some pictures of the cat and you're, you're good to go. Um, Which mostly I'm just, I just find funny, but you know, I obviously don't do it with that intent. I'm just kind of like, look at my cat. My cat's cute. Isn't that awesome? And then everyone's like, yes, I agree. And you're like, Oh man. All right. All right. Thank you. Okay. You don't really expect the kind of reaction, but you know, I can be like, Uh, you know, I, I voiced Dr. McBadguy the 43rd in this new thing that everyone's been anticipating, but no one reacts to that as much as picture of cat. Like that's just the rule of the internet. I love it. (laughs) And I agree with it. Cats are more important than whatever is being posted, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, if you look at Kari Walgren's feed, like the most, the most commented stuff she usually gets is pictures of her cats. So yeah. That's it. Go. I mean,
0: that's just how the internet works. People love cats as well; they should. Yeah, <laughs> they've trained us well.
1: <laughs> it's like you know, you want easy clicks. Just just post a picture of your pet. Cat yep. Bonus points if it's a cat or dog.
0: <laughs> exactly, especially a small one or a really big one. Not usually medium sized. Small one or really big one.
1: I mean, that, that's just the weirdest thing about social media is like you can post like all the stuff you're working on, and people will be like, "Eh." Here's a picture of my cat. Oh, I want more of that, please.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the rule of YouTube as well is like, you know, you spend a week working on something and then you post it and you get like a third of the reaction as opposed to some dumb meme thing you did in like 10 minutes, (laughs) you know, that goes viral and you're like, oh, okay. You know, it's just the rule of the, it's just such a gamble. It's like the internet's like some sort of weird casino that doesn't make sense. It's very strange, like, trying to figure out, like, I I never understand people who are able to post viral stuff all the time because there's such, like, a science to it that I just can't devote my brain to. (laughs) I'm just like, look at my cat. My cat's cute. Like, without any further intent behind it, people just thankfully agree (laughs) that my cat is cute. Even though I had nothing to do with my cat being cute, I'm just photographing her, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly sometimes look at, Look at tweets that get like a thousand or two thousand likes, and I'm like, "How do you do that?" <laughs> like,
0: yeah, right. Like, like just extra relatable content or what have you. Yeah, it just it depends.
1: Like I mean, the, like the most I got, like the highest one I got, I think was like 158, and that was just a Batman joke I made. And I'm like, ah, uh, people seem to like this, so I'll just pin it on my profile. So there I you mean, know. a good Batman
0: joke is a good Batman joke. <laughs> you know, I mean. Hey, <laughs> everybody deserves to have a good Batman joke recognized.
1: Yeah, it was it was just a, it's just an old Batman joke, like mocking someone uh, that that was like, there's this like, it was just this, there's this like dumb Batman thing that someone posted that's like, oh, I'm so tired of you posting the same thing. So I'm just like, I'm going to do a parody of that. And I just like found this old screen cap from like Brave and the Bold and posted that and said, nah. like, excellent. I did a parody of that. <laughs> Perfect. (laughs) So, and people like that. I'm like, okay, you know, there you go. A hundred (laughs) and fifty eight likes. And it's just, it's just, it's just so weird. I've never figured it out. And I've said this like many times, like I don't like social media. I think it's kind of a, you know, a toxic environment and whatnot. And if I, if I didn't have to promote this podcast, I wouldn't be on there like at all. I'd be like,
0: yeah, social media can be exhausting as well. Like on, like in your bones. Like, just exhausting, because, you know, you have to have a certain amount of interaction, you have to have a certain amount of, uh, and just so much of it is just a numbers game that I just will never figure out. You know, I just will not ever understand it. So I just sort of, that's why I usually just post a bunch of bullshit or, like, character announcements or just some goofy observation or my cat, you know? Like, I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to say things that I feel like, and that's about it, you know?
1: I, I did love the debate you started about vampires somewhere.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's been a big uh, big debate amongst the uh, uh, one of the other things that I'm currently involved with, um, which is the, uh, the short film of the webcomic Lackadaisy, um, which has been really fun. But, yeah, on that, um, there's a very, I was about to say 50-50 split. It's more like, you know, uh, 70-30 probably. Uh, vampires versus werewolves um, which one is superior and of course it's obviously silly and no one takes it very seriously but it's it's been really funny to you know kind of uh, nudge at everybody especially since the the werewolf fans are very much werewolf fans and it's also funny to lay out like look they're both stupid in twilight like you know you you can just sort of calm any disagreement by mentioning that which is helpful but yeah, that's uh sometimes you just got to post the equation vampire emoji is greater than wolf emoji.
1: <laughs> but I mean it, it it then becomes it's like, you know, depends on depends on what type of vampire you're talking about because Oh, exactly. <laughs> and that's
0: why I'm like everything sucks in Twilight. Look at this, you know, cuz it's like this is a terrible version of both things. <laughs> but um yeah, exactly, like it depends on uh which version of werewolf lore you're going with or which version of vampire lore. Like it's obviously there, you know. But that's why uh, uh i just tend to stick with like just the blanket statement overall because then it makes people <laughs> argue very sillily and it's like well hang on everybody this is just meant to be in fun <laughs> let's all calm down neither of these are real you know <laughs> you know it's <laughs> very strange but nevertheless fun
1: no i mean it's it's great i mean i i'm just like i'm glad to see people like posting stuff that they enjoy you know that's fun and not and not like, not like bitter stuff or you know, talking about what's going on in the world because I'm like yeah, you know I I, I just I, I I'm like I don't want to be reminded of what's going on right now.
0: Yeah, see like the news tab is over here and I click on that a lot because I want to keep up with stuff. But other days I'm just like you know especially KG's uh, uh, KG Tang's uh, Twitter. He's always posts such ridiculous stuff or such weird like you know. Coke milk recipes and things like that, just awful food combinations that he does because he is the funniest dude. Um, I like KG, I miss KG. Um, <laughs> I tell you, um, we, uh, we we got to have a, I think it's on the uh, special edition of uh, uh, Megalobox of the Blu ray. I think we have a segment where he and I did uh, like a sit down interview together, and it was really funny. Um, mainly because KG is a funny dude. <clears throat> but, uh, man, the more I talk about him, the more I miss that guy. <laughs> I miss him. And I did, thankfully, uh, was able to uh, see Frank a couple of times recently because we're both uh, fully vaccinated. So, um, and we live in the same apartment building. So we're able to just kind of, you know, hang out in a very responsible manner. And that's been nice. Just seeing people again, you know, and that's why everybody has to friggin' stay home and wear a mask and, you know, all this stuff so that we can all see each other again. And uh, What a weird world we're in right now, am I right?
1: <laughs> that, that the fact that weird.
0: I just had to say that stuff out loud is like just like, what a weird world we live in.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I'm more weirded out by the fact that a Starscream voice actor and a Megatron voice actor live in the same apartment. Like,
0: oh, yeah. Oh. Well, to be fair, um, Frank lived here first, and then, uh, you know, the amenities were so great that I was like, Oh well, we'll move here too. So we just yeah, we're like up upstairs and downstairs from each other, not too far off at all. So yeah,
1: oh, <laughs> oh he's yeah, a great, he's a great guy. He's he a- is.
0: Frank <laughs> is Frank is Frank is a delight. I love that man. Always will.
1: Like he made me want to get toys I didn't want to get, and I'm like, curse! He has Frank. that effect
0: on people. I tell you, I tell you, he like, knows I what's up.
1: I- like, I didn't even want, you know, the the new Earthrise Hound figure that they released. I'm like, I already got Hound. I don't want one. But he's like, it's a great figure. And I'm like, God, God damn it, you're right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he. whenever we're at conventions together, he'll go and scope out the the floor and, uh, you know, see what's uh, what they've got. Um, and occasionally he'll, like, bring me down to, you know, he'll be like, come here, come here. You got to see this. You know, it'll be some Megatron thing. And one of the things, uh, you know, a few, uh, a while ago now, but it feels like the other day. Um, was, uh, that, uh, there's like a, oh, it's something like a two foot Megatron figure. Um, it doesn't transform, but it's extremely posable. It has like all the, like the articulations and every knuckle of the fingers and stuff. And it's like, got the eyes glow and the, everything like, it's all crazy. Um, and I initially was told by <laughs> my fiance specifically, she was like, you know, just if you're going to get a Megatron thing, just get one. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get this one giant megatron and so yeah now it's on the top of one of our shelves and it's just menacingly posed and delightful i kind of want to get the optimist that matches it just so i can have him like laying down like beaten up on the ground and megatron just being like the victor but <laughs> i don't know that you know that'd be more of an investment and in just taking up more more space and i just i i'm, I'm not much of a toy collector uh I much prefer, like, you know, statues and things like that, like statuettes I'll do, uh, but not not figures as much. Um, but every now and then, Frank comes across an awesome Megatron, and I'm just like, damn it. Frank. All right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> like the, um, oh, what's the company? 3 uh, 0, I think oh, it is. Oh, I
1: really want that one. I that Mega, that it. War for
0: Cybertron Megatron. <laughs> you better believe I pre ordered that real quick. That figure looks like it's specta- It's supposed to ship this month, I think. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. Like the die-cast War for Cybertron, Megatron, it looks spectacular. I am super, I definitely had to get that one. And I think what's interesting is, I think they only have, are they only doing Optimus and Megatron, or do they have, because I was telling Frank, I was like, they got to do a Starscream one at some point from that show.
1: Like, um, they're So far, they're only doing Megatron and, and Optimus.
0: Ah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to get my hands on that because you better believe I'm going to keep that around. That's a gorgeous figure. Looks just like the model. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's just like, I because I I mean the 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 um, the um the regular toys like is okay, but it didn't have like the paint applications weren't like all that great. But like when I mm. saw that three zero one, I'm like, oh god, <laughs> I really? Yeah,
0: it's so cool. It looks <laughs> gorgeous, and it looks like the the like die cast metal on it looks like it takes to light really well so it just photographs gorgeously because all the pictures are so dramatic in the way it's lit but it looks like you know steel and everything like it's just crazy it looks awesome i'm really excited to get my hands on that
1: um do you have like a shelf that's nothing but megatron figures because i know frank mentioned like he has a shelf that's nothing but <laughs> starscream figures. it's not nearly
0: <laughs> as extensive as his but yeah i uh i do have one that's um uh yeah because i the first one i ever bought was uh the the combiner wars megatron because that's still a really good figure um i still have it in tank mode though because i transformed it into that and don't remember how to change it back so i'm like you will be the one that is in tank mode <laughs> you're fine um but yeah i have a shelf with all all sorts of megatron stuff in it some of which is like gifts from frank um and then other or others is just ones that i bought myself but yeah i definitely have a a megatron shelf at this point <laughs> some of it's Frank's fault, but
1: he, he, again, he has that effect on people where he's like, yeah, he, just mentioned... he knows what's
0: up. He's an, he's an excellent salesman yeah, and he, he just, you know, he's, he's like, look, this is something you'll like. And, you know, I can recommend it. And, you know, as long as he recommends it, I'm like, I know it's going to be good. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. um Like I said, like he just mentioned like one figure and I'm like, I'm sold. <laughs> like I, I had no yeah. interest in buying it, but now that you mention it, You're kind of right. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) Yeah, he's got that effect on people. He's an excellent salesman. Hasbro should hire him for that. (laughs) Push the figures on people.
1: Like, that's why I, that's why, like, I mean, I would love to have him back on, but I'm worried, like, he's going to, like, name drop more figures. And I'm like, he's going to sell you more toys. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, Frank. I already got, I'm already, like, running out of shelf space as it is.
0: Like, and he's like, well, you can stand a run out of more. No. Yeah, no, he knows what's up with that sort of thing. He's he's yeah, such no. a such an avid collector.
1: No, I felt bad for when we recorded that episode because like we were just talking about toys all all the entire episode. I'm like, oh, I feel bad for anyone who's going to listen to that wanting to hear about voiceover.
0: Well, that's what I kind of like about this is that it's just sort of been a conversation. Like, it hasn't been like you know you asking like how did you get into voice acting what is your favorite character you know which can just after a while can get a little like you know monotonous so the fact that you're just we're just sort of having a conversation i think is is a great format so no i mean no complaints here chief
1: i I said this before i hate the i fucking hate the um standard q a uh, sessions of of most Uh podcasts i'm like i don't like, I don't like that because it's like you're not getting to know the person. I want to know the person behind the character, you know. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it's like, you know, I'm happy to drop in tidbits of whatever, you know, we've been talking about stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, no, I, I very much appreciate the fact that you're not like, you know, rattling off a list of uh, more standardized questions. I think this has been great.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, that's like, and that's how you get. That's how you get guests on people. You just have a conversation with them, and you treat them like people, and they will, you know, they'll come yeah, back. <laughs>
0: exactly. Why the hell not?
1: And that's how you make friends with them on the podcast. Yeah. Made like a Go lot of figure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Discussing mutual interests without having some sort of <laughs> underlying purpose, like questionnaires and stuff. Go figure. <laughs> friends.
1: But, I mean, well, well, but but Megatron has no friends, so there you go.
0: Megatron has no friends. Friends are for losers. Gee, Megatron, that's awfully rude. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well. I tell you, that wears on you after a few hours. (laughs) How
1: many many bottles of water did you have to go through to get?
0: Oh, not water, tea, throat coat tea, nice warm tea. Um, And I would have, uh, I'd go through... Maybe two pots of that for like a four-hour session because they would bring me, you know, not a giant pot of tea, but because um, initially they would bring me like a cup of it and whatever. You know, it's it's a, a tea called throat coat. Um, you put some honey in it, and uh, it's uh, really really lovely on the throat. Um, but after uh, after a little while, I realized that uh, oh no, I need more of this. And rather than continuing to ask for cups, I'm like, can you just bring me a pot of it and <laughs> some honey? And I'll just do it myself. So they bring me a pot of it, a little bottle of honey, and a teacup. And that's all I needed. Um, because honestly, I can I can maintain the voice for quite a long time. Because it's it's standard VO procedure of, like, don't do a voice in an audition that you wouldn't be able to, like, maintain for at least four, four to eight hours. Um, so I can do this for forever and whatever. And it's super easy because I... I know exactly where it sits in the back of my throat there. So I can do that, you know, on a a dime for a long time. But after about, you know, a certain number of hours, or depending on the day, or if I didn't warm up fully, or even just to protect my my throat in general, sometimes I'll just have that pot of tea, and I'll just need to, you know, take a breather and whatever. And uh, Thankfully, like with all of the Transformers shows that I've worked on, And most of, honestly, like, the video games and stuff, too, especially that are, like, stressful, um, directors are always super great about being, like, you know, because I usually voice characters that are like that, Um, you know, deep, scary, growly, you know, characters, whatever. Um, The directors are always very good about being, like, hey, if you need a break of any kind, let us know, and we'll be happy to do that, you know, like, if if it hurts or whatever, like, because they're always very attentive of, because... I mean, for one thing, they're just good people. And for another thing, you know, you don't want to blow out your actor's voice because then if you do that, if you push it too hard and it blows out their voice, you obviously are, you know, down for the count for like three days to a week. And that sucks because then you can't even audition because, you know, you got to sit there and just rest your voice. So, you know, it's both practical and just a nice little human touch of like, hey, man, if you need a break, just let us know. You know, I don't know. There's something something really nice about that because there's the the difference between directors who will say that and directors who if you come into a session hobbling on a cane and ask to sit down instead of stand up sometimes directors will be like no stand up and you're like uh, okay <laughs> that'll be nice um so there's there's a there's a nice dichotomy of different kinds of directors you can run into but most of them i've found are the caring individuals who are like let us know if it hurts let us know it. you know it's kind of kind of clinical that way it's like a doctor or something like you know if it hurts let me know cuz clearly we're doing something wrong
1: yeah i mean cuz it's a gravelly voice and i would imagine it t- would take a lot out of you
0: it can it depends on the day but uh thankfully usually it's i'm able to maintain it just fine um but yeah it's it's nice for everyone to be concerned about that cuz if they were like all right you know, dance monkey, begin, you know, or whatever. Like if they're not interested in, at being personable or, you know, being helpful or conscious of the actor's needs or poten- even potential needs. Cause it's always like a, you know, if you need this, not like we're going to take a break every 10 minutes so that you do rest or else, you know, it's always like, let us know. And usually I'm game to just keep continuing. Cause I don't want to waste anybody's time. You know, I'm usually like, ah, I don't need a break. It's fine. Let's, let's keep going.
1: I mean, you need, thankfully
0: to- I have yet to blow out my voice or, uh, uh, Experienced throat bleed or anything like that thankfully oh, knock yeah, on wood let me yeah. knock on something there we
1: go <laughs> <laughs> yeah man um i remember um you know soboloff and david soboloff you know blew out his vocal cords when you record like call of duty and that's why oh sure Yeah, you know, like that's why he sound that's why his voice sounds so low compared to like when he did depth charge for beast wars because it's like nah. yeah that's that's why
0: Oh, man, I tell you, those, yeah, those Call of Duty, like, big military games, yeah, they have you do so much shouting, because, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, war games and stuff, what are you going to do? But, yeah, I I tell you, I've never gotten, never had to experience that thus far, so hopefully, hopefully it sticks around that way. I I would like to not experience that, (laughs) please. Universe, don't do that. Thank you.
1: Nah. I could, I can now just imagine you like walking into something, and you're like, it's a, it's Call of Duty. Shit, gotta oh get out of this. <laughs> oh no,
0: I'm gonna pray to Sobolov. Please, don't let this happen to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's, it's just, it's just. um it's just, it's it's very, I mean, because cause I've heard stories. I've had people on here who have talked about, like, doing, you know, those war games and, you know, walking into sessions after that. Like, their vo- voices are completely gone, and it's like, well, shit, what do we do now? It's like, well, we got to wait for them to heal, because it's like, they didn't expect it to be that jarring, but it is. Sure.
0: And, like, you know, you, can, you risk losing gigs that way if, you know, because then if you show up for your job after that and you can't do it, I mean, you know, that, that sucks, but... You know, they have a schedule that they have to adhere to as well, so they might just have another actor pick up your slack or what have you because you can't do it. Like, it's all just so, so much of it is, like, how available are you? You know, that's such a big part about voiceover, is keeping available. And that's why it's tricky for some folks to, uh, you know, maintain, like, because living out in L.A. is expensive. And Lord knows I, you know, like, worked a second job for quite a while because sometimes you just have to make ends meet and whatever. But sometimes you know, you have to be pliable with that and you have to be able to have a, a secondary job or whatever that like you can, you know, take time off of to do, to be constantly available for voiceover because you do have to pretty constantly be available. Um, you know, eventually everyone gets to that place where you can, uh, you don't have to, you know, have the second job and whatever, because, you know, you're, you're able to work consistently enough, which is of course a huge blessing, but, uh, yeah, it's so much of it is just like, how available are you? And even if you don't have anything scheduled you know you still need to keep yourself available for if slash when you get something you know it's crazy like a lot of it's 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 a lot of like hurry up and wait yeah that's that's uh that's a lot of voiceover stuff i find
1: i mean just like throwing throwing whatever at the wall and hoping like you know they get back to you
0: exactly <laughs> yeah but you have to do it quick you have to do it by this time hurry up and wait
1: yeah you know? yeah <laughs> Yeah. especially jarring with me when i when it, when i'm someone who's like i need to get back to someone like when it, when someone's like contacting me via email i'm like god i, I hope i didn't wait too long because i'm like ah shit 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 uh-huh <laughs> <long> yeah <laughs> like yeah yeah
0: ah the magic of the internet <laughs> like
1: because because i i worry about that like when it comes to like reaching out to people and you know getting in touch and like finding times and whatnot and Hmm. And just like and sometimes I wonder like oh god I I hope I didn't like wait and keep them waiting too long cuz I'm like oh, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to feel I don't want I don't want it to feel like I'm ignoring them cuz that's like the worst thing that you can
0: uh-huh. happen, you know. Yeah. I'm really bad about that though like uh socially. Um because I'm, uh, I'm I'm one of those people who thinks that, like, you know, oh, I've been friends with this person for years. Because of that, I'll talk to them whenever we have the time, you know? Like, And I just don't, I, I'm not usually one to reach out because I just assume that we maintain that same level of, you know, understanding and, you know, friendshipness and whatever. But then after a couple of years, you, you realize that, like, oh, that's not really the move, you know? Like, you do have to be somewhat communicative. And so I've been learning to do that more and more but then sudden plague happened and that (laughs) that was bizarre and threw a wrench into my entire uh efforts to better my social uh skills so i'm just kind of like well great now i need to just kind of ride this out i suppose but that actually has uh helped me a little bit in like getting more in contact uh on the the only thing that social media is useful for which is usually messaging systems so you know that that's the one thing that I do genuinely like about it is being able to just sort of message one of my friends from the UK and whatever, and just be like, "Hey, I'm not spending cell phone minutes on this," you know. Um, so that's that's kind of been nice, but I, I definitely feel you on like, you know, you have to. There's a certain degree of like you have to follow up on stuff, and I just I've never been super great at that.
1: No, I mean, I, I and I kind of agree with you. Like, that's the only reason. Like, I'm kind of on Twitter. It's like I I, I it's it's barely like you know it's less about me posting on my timeline and more about me like getting in contact with people via dms so Mm, sure yeah (laughs) i never
0: get notifications about those dms though it always goes to spam in my email for some reason oh really yeah i do not know why like so then you know when i open the app again i'm like oh i have a message oh that's annoying Um, but then, you know, it's just like KG and I bullshitting or whatever, (laughs) or Frank and I or somebody, you know, so I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess this isn't that crazy and vital, but yeah, for some reason, the push notifications for that, uh, don't come up. And then the notifications for that come under like social stuff, but it goes to spam on my email for some reason, cause I guess Twitter is suspicious to Gmail, (laughs) (laughs) which I mean, fair enough, I guess it's a suspicious place, (laughs) but yeah.
1: No, I mean that that ha- that happened to me like with someone I was contacting someone like at the beginning of the year about like uh, doing doing an episode and 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 for the longest time I I never heard back to him and then I checked my spam, my spam folder and and his emails were at going to my spam folder, <sighs> like Holy shit, no, no,
0: no. no. I tell you, you learn learn to check your spam folder with some regularity when you're in voiceover as well. Because, yeah, sometimes, like, congratulations, you were cast four weeks ago is in your spam folder. And you're just like, oh, my God, what have I done? You know, like, (laughs) baffling.
1: Yeah, no, no, um, and but I luckily enough, like I got back to him and we, you know, arranged it and it was a it was a fun episode. But like, I just I just got so sad when that happened because I'm like, I I thought like he just never got back to me because that happens as well. Like I reach out to people and they're like, I'll come on your show. When are you available? And I reply, I'm available on so and so, blah blah blah. And then they just like stop replying <laughs> and I'm like, okay, not gonna pursue it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I know my place. I don't want to be a bother. I don't want to be like that guy who sends. That's emails. my thing. I just never want to annoy anyone. Like <laughs>
0: That's so, I feel that so hard. Like just, I don't, I just don't want to bother anybody. You know, I don't want to be a nag. I don't want to annoy anyone. And I don't want to constantly be like, Hey, you know, like I just, that's, uh, I feel that so much.
1: Yeah, because and sometimes like a message like uh, one of my friends uh, was a voice actress, uh, L- Larissa Gallagher. I, m- I message her on on Twitter about like just mm-hmm. just like what's going on about with my life and whatnot. And I'm like, is this too much? Because I feel like I'm writing too much. <laughs> you know? yeah. no, like, I yeah, mean I you
0: know fine. oversharing is is such a thing. But you know, usually I I would be surprised if someone was like. As a matter of fact, yes, this is too much. Condense it down to half a paragraph and don't waste my time. You know, like that (laughs) That would be awfully shitty of someone to do. But uh, especially these days where, you know, people are just trying to look for some kind of human connection, some sort of, you know, place of mental purchase, I suppose. But, you know, so just being like, no, shut up would have been awfully, (laughs) awfully shitty of someone to do.
1: (laughs) Like, luckily I've never had that happen. Like, there was... Okay, there was just like
0: the... good because that's a weird move. Like if someone was like, "Hey, here's how I'm doing," it's like, "Cool, shut up!" Like what a weird, weird move that is.
1: Shut up! I don't care about your feelings. Yeah, go away, peasant.
0: You know, like whatever, man. We, we're just we we play pretend for a living. Calm down. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. Um... The funniest email I got from someone I reached out and said, you know, do you want to do the podcast and he's like, "Oh, you got a great podcast, but I don't do podcasts unless it's from with my friends." So, yeah. Oh. And I'm like, "Wow, right. that was the like it was the most backhanded compliment I've gotten." I'm like, it's oh, "Like, thanks. well,
0: why don't you come on and do my podcast with your enemy, I guess? Like, why <laughs> don't we do is that okay?" Like, what a weird – yeah. All right, I guess. I mean, fair enough if you have your preference, but also, I don't know. I think doing podcasts and stuff with other people is really fun because then you get to meet people. You get to talk about. I mean, we've talked about everything under the sun. You know, like it's just, it's fun to get other people's perspective on stuff.
1: Yeah, no. And, and again, it's just like, I, that's what I want. I just want a conversation. And I, and I explain to people like sometimes it's like, yeah, I know it's like VO focused, but that's kind of a smokescreen. That's kind of like the gimmick to get you to come on here. But it's it's really about the conversation.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, I mean, why not? You know, it's just kind of, and it's a nice organic way to get to know somebody too, and and again, in kind of an indirect way answer you know some questions that people might have had. You know, we've talked about Transformers and Megalo Box and you know what have you. So you know, you kind of you kind of get a taste of that without having to ask you know like so in megalobox you know or whatever so
1: um in episode 73 (laughs) this happened
0: (laughs) (laughs) how did that make you feel yeah that kind of gets me with uh certain things when people are like so you know in episode four how did you feel in the in the moment of this thing and i'm like what what happened in episode four (laughs) Like like i went in and recorded the thing and i've watched the thing and loved the thing but i do not know it like the back of my hand I feel kind of bad for, uh, sometimes people request a certain line, like if I can say a line for them or something, and sometimes I don't recognize it. Usually I do. I'm usually pretty good at that, Um, you know, whether it's like a line uh, from like Omen in the video game Valorant or something, you know, like some people, you know, uh, ask for specific lines and stuff. And uh, those I can actually remember pretty well. I can remember a lot of non-boo stuff. Like if I just see it in front of me, I can kind of remember it. Uh, Megatron as well for sure. Um, but so thankfully, I've never really been like at a loss for that at a convention or something. But I don't know. I kind of miss conventions now that I keep talking about them, though, I tell you. <laughs> but I do, I'm not eager to be that close to people just yet.
1: So, Can you sign this Megatron thing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Set it there and step back. Here we go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> step away from the autograph table.
0: Yeah. I'm just sort of ensconced in some sort of sealed chamber like I'm Darth Vader. (laughs) Like I'm just in this big egg like dome. I mean, I'd probably do it then mostly because I really like Darth Vader, but um, also just for safety.
1: Uh, or just show up as Darth Vader and just like
0: I mean I'm not above that <laughs> <laughs>
1: like just 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 show up as Darth Vader and see if anyone notices that it's <laughs>
0: I mean I've I've put on like you know a face mask with filters in it and then put on my Vader helmet as well just for extra extra safety I'm not above that I've walked into the grocery store like that and they let me do it in the early days of the pandemic because it was like oh I guess that is pretty safe it's pretty sealed in there I'm like yeah and it's huge look at this helmet because, oh, my God, those, like, EFX helmets that are, like, molded off the originals and stuff, they're gigantic. They're so big. I feel like Dark Helmet a little bit if you don't have the rest <laughs> of the suit on, you know?
1: <laughs> that is why evil will always win, because good is dumb. Because
0: good is dumb. Oh, my God. Rick Moranis. <laughs> oh, what a treasure.
1: Uh, God, you know, Like I said, like when, when he showed up in that um, commercial with Ryan Reynolds, I'm like... You know this has been a weird year when Rick Moranis is on TV again.
0: Oh, yeah. You know it's been a strange year when that happens. And then he got attacked walking around in the street or whatever.
1: Yeah, that, that was heartbreaking. Like who That was awful. That? It's
0: like, look, you don't do that to anybody, but especially it ends up being Rick Moranis. What the hell? Like <laughs> All the guy's done is entertain you.
1: Yeah, it was awful, 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 awful. But, I mean, I hope he's okay. You know, oh yeah like he seems is. like he's doing
0: fine <laughs> no. bounced back I'm sure
1: because <laughs> he was just one of those guys who just like retired from you know just disappeared from the spotlight and you know just yeah he just disappeared from the spotlight and everyone was like what I love about that is like everyone respected his privacy enough and like no one hounded him or anything it was just like yeah just let him be <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> mm-hmm. yeah just let him be
1: <laughs> you know it's just great And I think that's how you should, um, if an actor wants to, to, you know, not, not be around in the spotlight 24 seven, you know, just let them be like, it's, it's not, it's not hurting anybody.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Like, especially, you know, if it's someone who's provided you with a bunch of entertainment for years and stuff like, let them go off and do their thing. Like just they're people too. That's what everyone forgets. You know, like just actors are just people too. There's so many people who are like, you know, hey, what are you, what are you doing having an opinion on something? Just act, monkey, like shut up, you know, and whatever. Like people do that so much on Twitter and it's like, well, no, they're allowed to have opinions as well. Their occupation doesn't dictate whether or not they can have and express opinions. That's ridiculous. You know, like I, I that always that thing always sort of drives me nuts. Like, come on, man.
1: Just oh, can we God. all just be
0: cool to each other? <laughs> no? Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like you know, just because they play certain characters does not mean that they are those characters. So, you oh know. geez, that's a
0: big thing too. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of people uh, can associate you with like a character you play, and it's like no, that's just a, that's just a character. I I don't really identify with Megatron at all. I don't really identify much with Nanbu. I don't really like, I guess that also comes with the territory of playing a lot of like skeevy characters or bad guys as well is that I don't really identify with them almost at all. But yeah, you get, you get people who will just uh, uh, sort of message and it's very sweet and you know, I'm grateful that people like my work and stuff, but I'll just sort of get messages that are, that just say, Omen exclamation point. And I'm like, Yes, that I pl- I played that once. You know I don't I don't really know what to say to that. You know, um, but the Valorant fans are so cool. Like everybody's really really chill and nice and awesome. And Lord knows they play a video game I can't play, so it's, it's too involved for me. I can't do it. I can't do those like huge multiplayer shooter games. I just can't. It just I too much going on for me. I I'm, I'm used to my nice you know super mario world platformers and things like that and you know uh, zelda link to the past and stuff and maybe at most like the earlier star wars battlefront stuff on the ps2 that'll about do it for me guys thanks that's as involved as i get <laughs>
1: like, too many buttons <laughs> too many buttons. exactly
0: it's just it's just too much going on like it's just too chaotic for me like i i'm used to the you know that sort of controlled chaos of uh, uh, non-online stuff where you're just sort of playing against the computer. I'm a little more used to that kind of more controlled chaos than I am the everyone flying around, and there's definitely more buttons than I remember on my systems because I just haven't updated since the PS2. Like, I just haven't. I can't can't do these newer systems. So I just, I don't know. I mean, I remember trying the Wii at one point, uh, and that was interesting because uh, it was... uh, Oh, the, the Mario Kart that was on that. And I'm like, man, I remember this being a much simpler time on the N64. <laughs> like, This was what happened. But, uh, yeah, I, I, this is the newer system. I think that might have been actually my breaking point where I'm like, never mind. I can't use these newer systems. And when I say can't, I mean just didn't have the opportunity and wasn't super interested. I've just never been much of a video game guy. But uh, And that's probably one of the main problems. Because I get asked all the time if, like, you know, if I play the video games I... Uh, i'm in and i'm like I, I barely watch the anime shows that i'm in like I, de- <laughs> I definitely don't play the video games um and you know nothing against the video games obviously i'm just not much of a gamer so i just I, at most like i'll go and watch you know like the cut scenes or something because i want to see what all the other actors are doing uh you know and how scenes we did wrap up together and stuff like you know i did uh, <clears throat> uh world of warcraft shadowlands uh, which was a lot of fun because then they play. A vampire character called Prince Renathor, and he was a delight. And I liked him a lot. Um, and he uh, uh, he has a lot of juicy cutscenes and stuff. So getting to you know just I, I'm like I don't need to play the game. I'd rather just thank God for YouTube because people get to these levels and cut out the cutscenes and post them, and it's just magic if you ask me. So saves me a lot of time trying to figure out World of Warcraft because I've never played that before.
1: Yeah, it's it's a it's a time investment. Yeah.
0: That's what I hear. I hear it's an investment in a lot of ways.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's fine, dude. It really is. I'm not going to be like, "Oh, you have to play everything you're in." No. You
0: oh, don't. no, of course. <laughs> and that's just it, right? Like, you know, I I went and did the thing so that other people can enjoy it. I didn't do it so I could enjoy it. Like, you know, I I, I don't know. There's there's something about kind of you know you're doing this for others and not and obviously you're doing it so you can make money but it's also there's just something like especially with video games where i'm like i know that i'm not the audience for this so this is not for me this is for everybody else and hopefully they like it and then you move on to the next thing you know
1: yeah yeah um yeah (laughs) like uh I mean, it's 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 good that you're not like heavily involved in video games because then you'll get the really dumb questions about like, um, can you nerf this, please? Can you change this? And it's like you're asking. I'm like, your uh, like nerf
0: for nothing? I don't even know what that means. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, because I remember like when I had like and like anyone who's worked on Apex Legends will tell you like they get asked like so many game specific questions and are, like. Dude, I only voice the character. Like, go, go ask the developers because I don't know anything about it.
0: Yeah. You know? That's what's funny is that, like, ev- yeah, everybody assumes that, like, we as the actors know when stuff is coming out or know when, you know, like, uh, the new content is dropping or a new episode is. And it's like, no, we recorded the thing and left and don't know anything about it. <laughs> like, we don't know what's happening where anything yeah. is, where it's gonna appear, when the thing is dropping, like we just they don't tell us anything. So, you know, like we we did our part and that's all we have. Sorry. <laughs> we are so not the ones who are gonna be able to tell you when episode sixteen is finally gonna come out, you know. Can't do it.
1: <laughs> or who's the next character? That's that's the one they get asked a lot. Yeah. Who's the next character in in Val in and what, whatever that game is, you mm. <laughs> <to> can't pronounce
0: it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just I I don't know. Who knows?
1: well anyway we've um i feel like we've talked enough and i'm pretty much like that's enough of that (laughs) (laughs) well yeah because i'm looking at the time and like oh man we've been talking for like an hour and a half now (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah. and i feel like you're you know i i don't want to take up too much more of your time so um
0: yeah, I got some stuff to do anyway, so it's yeah, probably yeah. wise of you to put the brake on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's been a great
1: chat. Like, this oh, has been really nice. And it's it's been so fun. And I, I kind of I, I wish we could go for more, like, for, for three mm-hmm. hours later, you know? Just like... Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna, who knows? Maybe we'll get you back on sometime when more stuff sure, drops. Sure, so. I'd be delighted. Hell, mm-hmm. get
0: Frank and I both on.
1: Oh, God, yeah. The, oh, God, that has to happen. <laughs> we won't shut up. <laughs> Mental note. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, before we go, uh, where can people bother you online?
0: <laughs> oh, well, everywhere. Um, you you can bother me on uh, uh, my handle for Instagram and Twitter and such is uh, at Marnoka, just the letter J-M-A-R-N-O-C-H-A, Marnoka. I only recently consolidated all of my usernames to just that. I'm like, wait, this will be easier. Huzzah! So thankfully I've got that all sorted out now. Those are the main places you can find me is Twitter and Instagram.
1: All right. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, this has been awesome, dude.
0: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: We need to to do this again sometime. Take care, my man.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. You as well. Stay safe.
1: All right. Bye-bye.
0: Cheers.